great to be with you. What an honor and uh, love this church, Cornerstone Word of Life Church. Your, your reputation precedes you, your faithfulness, and what God's doing in this, this city, this area is, is wonderful. It's making an impact. And so I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have a part tonight. And I'm trusting the Lord like you're trusting the Lord. You came trusting the Lord, right? to partake of some heavenly food, and I'm trusting the Lord for it to come through to you as well. Amen? And so it's going to be good. I'm excited. But before we go uh, any further, I wanted to sing a song about the faithfulness of God. And Pastor Belinda, that was so good, the offering message about the faithfulness of God, how good our God is, that Abraham could trust him with his most precious possession, and that God used that one sacrifice to redeem all all of mankind. It was a picture of what was to come. Amen? And so he used that seed, and he's using the seeds in our life that we give to him. He's taking those he's multiplying it and it is showing up in our life in the generations after us amen amen Amen. so how many of you can say he's faithful just say that say lord you are faithful thank you father for your faithfulness so grateful, Lord. When the sun is shining, when the storms are raging, I know, oh, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful.
You know, the Word of God says in Hebrews 11, 11, that Sarah herself, she received strength to conceive. Why? Because she judged him faithful. She called him faithful. We know that he's faithful today. He's been faithful and he's going to continue to be faithful. Amen. I'm leaning on your arms of grace. Your love inspires my faith. I believe that you are always here. For I know, I know, I know. I'm leaning on your arms of grace. and true oh we're so thankful Lord we thank you for your faithfulness you've never failed us and you won't yet no no hallelujah amen are you thankful that he's faithful can you say that he's been faithful to you I know he's been faithful to me Thank you, husband. This is one example of God's faithfulness to me. This is my wonderful husband, Darren Jolliffe. He's such a blessing in my life. And uh, I believe God for him. He believed God for me. We're just really grateful that the Lord brought us together for his purposes. And um, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the Holy Ghost who leads us and guides us into all truth. Whatever truth that you need for your life to walk in the freedom that's yours that he purchased, he is faithful to reveal it to you and I. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, are you glad to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. Yes. Did you come ready to hear? Yes. Did you come ready to receive? Yes. Are you hungry? Because yes. it's the hungry who are filled. Yes. It's the thirsty who are filled, right? Yes. So those who thirst and who hunger, those are those who are filled. So lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm hungry tonight. See, I came to receive from your table, from your word. I expect to go lacking nothing. Amen. Praise God. Well, it is such an honor to be with you. I think I already said that. 
but it, it is. It's, it's great. We came in town for a birthday party, and now here we are uh, for extension of the party. Happy birthday. I mean, it, eventually it will be over, right? But it's not quite yet. So happy birthday. We're so grateful to celebrate your life, Miss Kay. It's so valuable. Um, so grateful for her faithfulness. And this church is through her seed is a result of that. Amen. Amen. Let's turn uh, in our Bibles tonight, if you would, to John, the 15th chapter. And this is something that the Lord has had me in pretty consistently. And uh, the times that we're living in, you know, it's always important uh, to know the word and to know who we are to know why we believe what we believe and to know what we're rooted in. But how many of you know it's more important than ever before in the days that we're in to know who we are and what we are rooted in? Amen. And our, whatever we are rooted in is going to show up in our life, Amen. right? So um, in John, the 15th chapter, we could read the whole passage, uh, but, but we won't. We'll kind of skip around. But beginning in John 15, 1, I'm reading in the Amplified. He says, I am the true vine. He's the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. So this is a wonderful process not always fun on the flesh. But this is God's recipe for spiritual growth. And sometimes we get stunted in our spiritual growth because we don't like the pruning. And we don't want to yield to the, the change that the Lord wants to do in us. But if we want to be, bear the fruit that he's ordained for us to bear, we have to be willing to be pruned, willing to be corrected, willing to change willing to let go of old stinky mentalities that have been keeping us stuck from receiving from God. Amen. And so we can do that through and by the word. And we're going to talk about how to do that. So if we skip down to verse seven, and this is what I wanted to get to. If you live in me, the, the King James says, if you abide in me, I like that word. If you abide, if you live in me and my words remain and live in you, and continue to live in your hearts, you will ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. If we will live in him, abide in him, and let his words abide in us, we will ask whatever we will, and it has to be done. Amen. It shall be done. And this is such a powerful truth. I remember being uh, 19 years old and sitting in, in meetings with uh, Kenneth E. Hagan and hearing this. And he said, you know, I learned at a young age that if I could learn to pray, I could succeed. And I thought, I think I can do that. I may not have many other skills, but I mean, I could sing, but I thought I can pray and I can sing. And if I can learn to pray accurately, then I can know that I'm always going to know where I'm going to need to be. I'm always going to be in the right place at the right time. 
with the right people doing the right things. And if I have any question, I learn how to abide in him and his words abide in me, then I'm going to live a life with answers. Isn't that awesome? That is good news. And so it's possible for us to live life having answers, having the answers that are in the word, but seeing them not just off the pages, but watching them manifest in our life. Turn with me uh, just one page over to John 16. John 16 and verse uh, 24. 23 and 24 in the King James. And in that day you shall ask me nothing, but verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto or up until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive. Why? That your joy may be full. So there's, there's a connection here. There's a fruit that God wants to be manifest in our life. And it is uh, the fruit of joy. And the reason we have joy as believers, number one, is because of what Jesus has done. I mean, that's enough right there. But when we begin to live our life with him and follow him daily and seek him and allow his word to work in our hearts and manifest in our life and we see answers, it produces joy. It is his desire that we live a life of joy. Well, how do we live a life of joy? Well, we just read about it in John 15. By abiding in him and letting his words abide in us. Abide in him and his words abide in us. Well, how do we abide in him? How do we live in him? I mean, he's moved in, you know, he's dwelling in us. But how do we stay in communion with him? I would say it this way. As we go about our life and as we go about our days, we constantly are keeping our hearts tuned to him. Distractions are everywhere. There are so many distractions. Come on. There are distractions all around. There are so many voices fighting for our attention. And, and you can find your joy seeping out real quick, right? If you're looking at the wrong things. And so as we go about our day, we make a choice to turn our attention back to him. And when we turn our attention back to him, oh, the, the depression, the anxiety, whatever was trying to, to claw at you or stay attached to you, it just falls away because of him. Abiding in him, looking to him. He, he is the word. Jesus is the word. And so when we look to the word and we're, we're fellowshipping with him and we're, we're just turning our heart to him in whatever situation we're in and we exalt him above the situation. <sighs> Jesus said to take upon his yoke, learn of me. Because his yoke is easy. His yoke is 
It's light. It's easy and it's light. Uh, I have a friend who did some missions work over in the Caribbean islands. Sounds great, huh? Yeah. Sound, it sounds a little slightly glamorous um, until you arrive and find out that you're staying in a missions base um, on the backside of uh, a beautiful island. Uh, but the humidity is like, I don't know if it's 100%, 90%. It's insane. Insanely humid. No air conditioning. Very hot. And so uh, this cushy American girl um, didn't quite enjoy the first trip. And then the Lord said, I want you to go again. And I was like, really? <laughs> Must I go a second time? Yes, Lord, I will go. And because and, my heart is, is regardless of how uncomfortable it is, I want to do the will of God, right? Amen. And we should all want to do the will of God no matter how much it inconveniences us or presses on our, you know, first world uh, comforts, yeah, right? So that second trip was a doozy. I started, uh, I was breaking out in heat rashes, and it was, it was torturous. And so I think by the third trip, I was like, Lord, I just, I'm, I need your help on this trip. Because that, the first trip was, I, yes, I enjoyed, you know, I was grateful for the mission, but that second trip was just downright torture. I mean, not, sorry, that's a little extreme. It wasn't torture. It was really rough on my flesh, let's put it that way. And um, I said, I'm going to need some help. And I got this revelation. It's really powerful. And he said, how about you choose joy? And I was like, choose joy. Okay. Okay. And that, you know, that's all he needed to say. I was like, okay, so... I am just going to begin to say now, before I go, I am going to enjoy this trip. This is going to be the best trip. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to love Grenada. I'm going to enjoy it. And so, you know what? That was the funnest trip. And we got to the last day. We had like this special day where we would go down to, the, to this beach and it wasn't, you know, not like an American beach. Absolutely beautiful, but there are no, you know, like, there's like sand fleas and there isn't like really a place to lay out or anything. So really the only place to go is into the water. So we found this, this area. We walked down the beach and there's this beautiful like cove where the, you know what I mean, the land kind of came in like this. And there were waves just kind of lightly going in and out in this cove. So we went out into the water. Well, the waves, they weren't so much like rough and like the type that like throw you on the ground, but they would, it was like being in one of those wave pools at a, a um, at a, a, like a water park, only better. And so all the other girls were like, huh. they were kind of like a little, just like not thrilled about it. Y'all, I had the time of my life. I had so much fun. They were all laughing at me, having fun, because the waves would come, and they would pick you up, 
and then they would pull you back, and then they would pick you up, and they would pull you back, and I was just laughing and having the best time. They could not, they were surprised because they'd never seen me have so much fun in Grenada. And so I'm in the middle of that, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm really putting on a show here unintentionally. And the Lord reminded me, he said, he said you chose joy, and this is your reward. Oh. It was the best. I would love to go back there just for that. It was awesome, fun. But the joy of the Lord is our strength, and it's present. It's there, but it's what we choose, what we decide we decide to abide in his word and allow his words to abide in us. Then we'll ask whatever we will and it has to be done unto us. And on the other side of the answer of the thing that we desire, which was for me to enjoy what the Lord was calling me to do, there was joy included in that journey. And so there's joy for you in your journey. There's joy for me in my journey, whether it's something that I want to do, don't want to do, whether things have quite gotten to the place that I want them to be or not, whether it's, you know, maybe in your home or in your marriage or on your job, we can have joy in the journey because we're abiding in him. Amen. We're abiding him and his words are abiding in us. In Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, the 10th verse. I think this is a common verse we all know. Nehemiah 8, 10, he says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He said, do not be grieved and depressed for the joy of of the Lord is our strength. Some of you need to say it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That word strength there, it means a fortified place. The joy of the Lord is a fortified place. Man, that's good. A defense. It's a force. It's a fortress, a fortress, a safe place. So when all hell is breaking loose, the joy of the Lord is our safe place. It's our protection. It's a fortress with, with bombs going off, all kind of drama in the nations, all kind of drama and, and unpredictable things happening in the economy. It doesn't matter. We can be safe in the strength of the Lord by staying in joy. Amen. Uh, that's abiding in him. That's the light and easy place. Abiding in joy is abiding in Jesus. He's not sweating it, y'all. He's not sweating what's happening in the nations. He's not sweating what's happening on your job. He's not sweating the symptoms that have come and are lying to you. Because he's already defeated all of that and he already has a victorious outcome for you and I. Amen. 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 So the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's a place or means of safety. It's a harbor. A refuge of God. Or a human protection. Are you thankful that we have a place to run and it's in him, in him? That's where we hide ourselves, in him. 
in his joy. And in his joy, that's a, that's a good determination of whether we are abiding in him. If I'm abiding in self, I'm going to have a whole different attitude. If I'm abiding in circumstances, I'm going to have a whole different attitude. Because when I'm abiding and living my life according to circumstances, one little thing can get off. The degree in the, in the hotel room can just be off just a little. And the flesh starts to rise. <laughs> That's just a picture. In the natural life, one thing goes wrong and we can tell what we're rooted in. What kind of fruit is coming out of our life. And so the Lord has provided this for us. But how many, don't, don't raise your hand. How many of you see the fruit of it in, in a whole lot of believers' life? It's really not an overwhelming trait. I'm not looking at anyone in the eye. <laughs> My eyes are looking back at myself. Of joy in the Lord. A, a, a fruit of abiding in him. But it's ours. Joy belongs to us. It's here. We're not waiting on life to get perfectly situated for joy to come. The joy is here now. And the joy is the safe place. I would say the joy is the faith place. Because that's where he functions. That's where the Lord moves. He moves not in doubt. He moves in the realm of faith. In the room of, room of doubt, you will find uh, fear. You will find anxiety. You will find pressure in the realm of fear, in the realm, the sense realm. That's how the enemy plays on our sense realm through these negative emotions. And so many times negative emotions pop up and all of a sudden we're yielding to it and then we're out of faith. Faith is in our heart, but we're yielding to the pressures, the buttons that the enemy is pushing. And so we have to learn to be aware of his devices and not yield to that. Grenada was a great place for me to be pruned. Because it was hot and sweaty, and I don't like either of those. <laughs> Sometimes we, the pressure comes on, so we see what's on the inside, and how are we going to handle it? It's an opportunity to be pruned, so we can bear more and richer and more abundant fruit. And so this is the will of God for us, is to operate in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord and to partake of it on a daily basis. I think about, you know, I traveled with um, Kenneth Hagin Sr. who's now in heaven. And when he was alive, he had Holy Ghost meetings. And a Holy Ghost meeting was this. In the morning, he would teach on prayer and then we would pray. And then the evening services, he would teach on what is a move of the Spirit? Well, a move of the Spirit is where the Word of God is taught and, and is in demonstration. And there will be joy on the people. That joy will be seen and manifested through laughing and different responses inspired by the presence of God, Him, His presence. Amen. 
And so I had the privilege of being in those meetings. The Spirit of God's moving, the joy of the Lord, experiencing a supernatural flow of joy. Have you ever, I don't know, if you've never experienced that, it's a real thing. Being full of the new wine, it's wonderful. But I found out, you know, after Brother Hagin went home to be with the Lord and everything in my life changed, it was a little bit of time to where I noticed some things because those meetings had settled down. And I noticed in my life and some others that I know that it would seem like we were really good at demonstrating joy and yielding to the joy. It was very real, the joy of the Lord in, in services but then it really wasn't as real in my daily life. And I knew, well, that's not right because we're supposed to display the fruit of the spirit in our daily life. And so what we had received, it was a real deposit, but now I've got to, like I did in Grenada, make a demand on that joy and say, I will be joyful. I will abide in the Lord. I will yield to the joy of the Lord. And how did I do that? I did that with my mouth. We stay connected to the vine with our mouth. Our mouth connects us to the things that we desire. And if our mouth is connected to our present circumstances, it'll pull us away from the realities of heaven and the plans that God has for our life. So our mouth is continually, continually connecting us to the natural realm or connecting us to the spiritual realm. Yes. Yes. Amen. And like my father in the faith would say, if you don't like what you see in your life, I'm about to step on my own toes. Ask yourself, what have you been saying? Because whatever is in your life is reality of what you've been saying because our, our voice is what got us into the kingdom and our voice is what keeps us moving forward in the kingdom. It's what keeps us moving forward in our relationship with him, our mouth, our voice. Our voice directs our heart. We know you guys have been taught that your tongue is the rudder. It's the rudder of a ship. It's the rudder of our lives. So when we choose to... Uh, tune our tongue to the things of God and the word of God above our senses, above our reasoning. That's when things happen. That's when things change. Amen. Amen. In the book of Psalms where he talks about there's a table spread. How many of you have heard about the table that's spread before us? He spread a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Well, who are our enemies? Depression, sadness, anger, lack, confusion, sickness, disease, all of these things. Those are our enemies. So if he's placed a table before us, what's on the table? <laughs> what's on the table? Joy and peace and victory and blessing. There's no suffering on the table. There's no bowl of there's no way out. There's no bowl of you're not getting it this time. There's only bowls and provision, answers, fullness. Amen. Fullness of joy. Not just a little joy, fullness of joy on the table. Amen. 
And at the table of God, like I stated earlier, you get to eat as much as you want. And thank God there are no calories. It's all good. If you want joy, you can have as much joy as you want because it's a fruit of the spirit. The psalmist said, I found your words and I did eat them and they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. When we pull up to the table of God, how do we do it? With our mouth. We can be on a train, on a plane, in the car, at work, in the break room, in the kitchen, any room and be at the table. Be at the table, abiding in him, partaking of him. I found your words and I did eat them. And they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. In his words, our life, in his words, our blessing. He is the word. <laughs> his word makes manifest in our flesh the thing that it carries. It is power and life. Amen. 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 It transmits to you the things that you need. The seed of the word of God planted in your heart produces eternal results. And the, the, the longer I choose to stay tuned to it, the more results I'm going to see. Amen. Amen. Because they're containers of power. They're, con they're, they're containers of eternity. Promises are covenant. It's a heaven reality for the earth realm. We're not waiting to get to heaven to partake of these things. They're for now. And so we operate. This is the life of the spirit. This is abiding in him. Is by using our mouths to access what he has promised. Amen. It's so good. This is the life, guys. This is the life. It's a life we were all called to live. And God's no respecter of persons. He didn't say some of you can have 30% victory, but, you know, these special ones over here, they, hit the, they get to hit the nail every time. No, that's just because they've chosen to. That's right. You know, some of you in, in this room, you might be super faithful to work out. God bless you. <laughs> I started a, a workout routine last year. Don't laugh. Um, and two weeks in, you know, I was looking for the results. <laughs> How many of you have ever done that? Come on. You, you've been working hard for two weeks, and you're like, where are those results? Well, they, a lot of people don't even make it two weeks. They get to three weeks, and they're done because they're looking for the results. They can't see it, so they quit. They give up. But who, who are the ones who gets the results? Those who stick with it. Those who stay faithful. And the longer you go, two months, you're going to start to see some results. Three months, if you keep at it and just stay consistent, you're going to see more results and more results. So I think I had been on, on, the, on the plan for about three months, and I took a trip, and I called uh, the girl who was helping me, and I said, I have not felt this good in years. I am walking through the airports without pain. It was wonderful just because of consistency. How much more in our spiritual life, sometimes, I wouldn't say sometimes, most of the time, we throw away our confidence so quickly because we didn't see the immediate results. 
because we didn't see the immediate results. But we just read in the word of God, if we will abide in him, live in him, remain in him, let his word continue to remain in our hearts, we're going to see the fruit. It's going to come to pass. If we will not lose heart and not give up, it will come to pass. Why? Because this word is eternal and it has no other choice but to come to pass for you and I. Amen. Are you thankful for the word of God? Say, I ask what I will, and it's done unto me. The word is the eternal seed. It's eternal seed. Uh, we know a gentleman who had um, a heavenly encounter, and part of that heavenly encounter, uh, he saw storehouses in heaven. Well, that's in the word. There were storehouses there, and each storehouse um, had, had an, a name written on it, and he was given a tour of his storehouse. And he said on the outside of every storehouse was an angel. And as he was walking with Jesus, an angel passed him by, holding like this, uh, some type of golden something in his, in his hand. And he said, well, he said, where's he going? He said, well, somebody just prayed a prayer and asked for something. Well, they continued on. Well, the angel came walking back slowly with his head bowed. And he said, what, what's going on? He said, well, they stopped believing. So the moment, the moment we pray, it's already settled. It's already done. It's already provided for. But as we remain in it and we choose not to give up, What's going to happen? It's coming to pass. It's coming to you and I. The answer's on his way. We just have to not give up and choose to trust that what God has said is more real to us than what we see, what we feel, what we're encountering, what our past is. Our past is not greater than the word of God. My family DNA is not greater than my spiritual DNA. I'm a part of a greater bloodline now, a pure bloodline where sickness and disease has no opportunity, has no authority in my life. Amen. We're a part of the family of God. And so when we choose to believe and trust his word, it has to come to pass. It has to come to pass. Why? Because he said it and he can't lie. It's the integrity of the word of God. He cannot lie to you and I. So when we choose to say, I'm going to take that word. I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to remain in it. I'm going to stay single-minded. I'm going to keep my heart turned toward the heaven. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let all these distractions and things that are coming my way distract me from what I know is mine. That I'm healed. That I am whole. Ha ha. That I am well. That I am strong. That I am rich. That I am blessed that I am victorious, that I'm not pushed down, crushed, depressed, defeated. I'm victorious. I'm seated in heavenly places. That's what I'm looking at. My eyes are tuned to him. I'm abiding in him. His words are abiding in me. They're not just living in me, but they're manifesting in my life so that I can be a praise in the earth. That's who you are. A victorious man of God with fruit to show for it. Amen. Amen. That's who you say, that's who I am. That's who I am. Amen. Amen. 
This is like a faith, a faith, a speedy faith message. Faith for living. In uh, 2020, wasn't 2020 a fun year? How about 2020? How about it? 2020 started off great. As we know, a lot of things happened, begin to happen. And of course, all there were so many voices stirring. And then they said they were going to shut life down. And so uh, my husband and I, what just came up out of my heart to declare was, we will prosper in the time of famine. It doesn't matter what happens. We will prosper in the time of famine because that's what the word says that we can have. We're going to prosper in the time of famine. And every time it would come up, I would say, we're prospering in the time of famine. I don't care what goes on. We are prospering. This is going to be our best year yet. Say, how could you say that? Just because the word says it. And every time I would be tempted to think otherwise, I would say it. We're prospering in the time of famine. And so those first three months of that glorious time, I was at that time handling uh, the finances for my husband's business, and calls were just coming in left and right. I guess people were at home looking at their trees. He has a tree servicing company. And they had money sitting in the bank, and I guess angels were just touching them, saying it's time to get that done. So the bank just it filled up, and it reached this point, and every time it would dip, it would go right back up. It was the most supernatural thing. We had never, never kept in the account, because in business, sometimes it's, it's really high, and then you, it's really low, and then it goes back up again, right? Uh, but the, the account just stayed. It just stayed. And I said, babe, this is, I have never seen this before. It's not dipping. The Lord said, you said you would prosper in the time of famine. So it did that for several months. And then things kind of shifted. And I realized I need to keep my words on that. So uh, October came. And in our business, uh, we do mostly residential um, jobs. We have some commercial accounts. But... Every, every few years, there will be an ice storm that will hit our area. We have ice in Oklahoma. Uh, it's not pretty, and it's not fun. It's pretty to look at it, but it's not fun to drive on, and it's not good for the trees. So, that, uh, so we had this epic ice storm that showed up in October while the leaves were still on all the trees. And it hit um, multiple towns, a huge radius, all the communities that we've serviced for over 20 years. So we weren't expecting it because it was so early in October. And uh, one morning, the phone just started ringing. People started saying that their trees were down. We were like, what is going on? It, we had no, it was, wasn't in the forecast. It was just like out of nowhere. Well, within like uh, three days' time, we had over 100 phone calls. People desperate, you know, for, for help. And at that time, we had... Two employees. Two. And my husband, who's everything in the business besides, you know, the groundsman. So we started to feel the pressure a little bit, right? Both of us, but mainly him. So I was praying for him because I knew 
you know, all this work's coming in. This, I knew this is harvest, but we had to have the tools to reap it, right? And to help the people. And so, um, honey, we want to come up here for a second, please. We didn't plan on this, but. Um, so we, uh, some principles that we learned from the word of God, we've touched on some of it tonight, uh, concerning faith is how we've grown the business, right? Do you want to share that? Sure. <laughs> um, years ago when I first started the business, the Lord began dealing with me to not go out and look for the work, but to believe him for the work to come in and take care of what I need to take care of. Take care of the equipment. When a call comes in, take the call, service the call, do all those things. And then I began doing that, began to see God providing that. And then I got a hold of Brother Hagen's book, How God Taught Me About Finances, and how you can um, claim, claim what you want. Take the devil, take his hands off. Tell the devil, takes his hands off of it. Send the ministering spirits to go bring it in. And then every time you think about it, thank him for it, that it's working. And so I, I started doing that. Um, I, I took what we would normally make in a month and I added 5,000 to it and I claimed it and it came in and a little bit more. So I did it the second month and I did it the third month. And then in my business, I had never had three consecutive months of increased revenue. So subconsciously I stopped the fourth month. And that fourth month, it went down. And halfway through the month, I thought, man, where's the business? What? And then I thought, I didn't claim it. And so I started doing it again. And then I, I would do it for Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, um, at the beginning of the year. You know, and my dad would say, you know, son, don't expect a lot. November, December, people are getting ready for Christmas. And I would think, where's that in the Bible? <laughs> Does the Bible say when it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, expect your business to go down? I'm like, it didn't say that. So I would claim in November and December, and we would get in our revenues what we would normally get in, in an April or a May. And every time I, because I was in business with my mom and dad for 14 years, and then I bought them out. So every time we would have a victory, I would tell him, I'd say, dad, look what the business made. And he... I mean, he would, he'd be pleased with it, but it wasn't always how he ran it. And so, you know, it was just a little bit different. And then, you know, tax season, right? Don't expect a lot in April. People are going to owe on their taxes. They're going to pay on their taxes. And again, I would go, where's that in the Bible? It didn't say that in the Bible. And so I would, in the beginning, when our, when our ups and downs were like this, as I started claiming, our downs were hardly nothing. It was just always increase, increase. So when this storm hit, she was right. I, was, I wasn't panicking, but I was feeling the pressure because I've been in business over 23 years, and I've worked four ice storms. And this was the biggest one by far, times two or three. Normally, an ice storm hits a certain area of the city, this hit the entire Metroplex, everything. And we service everything. 
So by Tuesday, it iced for four days. So for the most part, I was inside just at the computer every time. I knew what to do because it's my fourth one. So I'm just entering everybody in the computer. Most of the people knew the routine. They would call and just say, hey, it's not an emergency. Just put me on the list. It was that quick. That was it. Done. So I'm just taking all these calls. And by Tuesday, thank God for a, a godly wife, she came to me and said, Darren, what do we need for the storm? Because I haven't even been thinking about that a lot, just taking all the calls. So on Tuesday morning, I paused long enough and I said, okay, Lord. And I looked inward. I didn't, I didn't throw out a number. I didn't say, okay, God, give me a hundred guys. I said, okay, Holy Ghost, you know what we need for this storm. What do we need? And I said, we need four crews, six climbers, all the equipment and all the ground personnel to service that. And like she told you on Monday, we had two full-time guys plus myself in two weeks to God be the glory. We had 20 guys, 20 and, and not only 20 guys, but I had from Arkansas, a world-class three-time world champion climber that had come from Arkansas that had worked storms. And he was, he was working a hurricane in Louisiana, had come back for a break. The ice storm hit. His crew and partner that he was working with said, let's go back to Louisiana. And he said, something inside me told me, go to Oklahoma City. Of course, we know it was the Lord, the angel going, you know, whispering in his ear, go to Oklahoma City. So he, he drives Friday morning. And Oklahoma City is big. It's, it's a large square. I mean, all, in all the suburbs, the square mileage is one of the biggest in, in the nation. And out of all the streets that he could have driven, he drove along a street one of my guys was on a roof taking a limb out, and he saw my guy, stopped and talked to him, and from there, the rest was history. It was, like I said, four storms that I've worked. It was the most peaceful. It was the most stress-free. We hardly broke anything, which is a miracle in itself. When you have a storm like that, Everything's crazy, and so guys just cut haphazardly, and they break other stuff. We didn't break anything for like three months. And the Lord, I, I felt like I stepped in the river of the Holy Ghost, and the river just took me downstream. And all I had to do was listen to him go, okay, now paddle on the left. Okay, now paddle on the right. And the flow took me. He would lead me in the morning. N normally he would, but man, there's so much. By Friday, we had over 300 calls. So I knew, I didn't have a, a right-hand man. Regina left that weekend to, preach. to go preach. And she said, do you want me to stay? I said, no. I said, God knew this ice storm was coming. And if you had peace to go preach, you go preach. God will take care of me. 
So I didn't have somebody there to help. I didn't have office staff. So it was like, Holy Ghost, I got to hear from you every day because if not, I'll be bouncing around the city wasting time. So on the morning to meet the guys, I would listen and say, okay, where do they need to go? I would give them directions, what job they needed to do. And then he would guide me throughout the day. And I would come home and say, babe, he did it again. Like, it was amazing. He would take me around the city. And when I would get done checking with the crew or going on an estimate, then within some of it, I remember one time, it was like within 30 seconds to a minute, somebody else would call and I would be two blocks away. And then I would get to the top of the city and then one of the guys would call and say, hey, this broke, I need this. And I would be half a mile away from the repair shop to go pick it up. And at the end of the day, I would come right back around to home base. And then the next day he might take me the other direction. It was so supernatural, but it was because in the beginning we spoke it. We said that it would we be, said it. We said it'll be the most stress-free, be the most peaceful, the most prosperous storm. Yep. We, we declared that, we said that, and we kept saying that. And then we also, uh, we claimed the everything that we needed. We said, devil, take your hands off of it. We sent the ministering spirits to get it. And then while the pressure was mounting, calls were coming in, 400 calls in a week. We kept praising and thanking God. And you feel the pressure. It's, it's like, you feel it. It's there. It's present. But the faith outweighs the pressure when we stay in him. And that's what Darren did the entire time. He just kept his heart tuned to the Lord and following him. But um, that, that principle of, of holding fast to your confession, no matter what, no matter, no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, you don't have the ability to produce it. But guess he does. He has the ability to produce it. And to show up whatever it may be. And so that. And, and this one guy, this world-class climber, he's connected nationwide and really worldwide, Facebook and all that. So when he came, worked with us a couple weeks, knew I was a good guy to work for, honored my word, whatever I told him. He said, he said, you need more climbers? He said, let me know. I'll put out a post on Facebook. <laughs> you need a grapple truck, a crane? more skid steers, bucket trucks, whatever you need, let me know and I can get it here for you. So I had an endless supply of whatever we needed and more guys came, a little bit more equipment came, all from the one guy that said, something told me, come to Oklahoma City. Yeah, amen, the angel of the Lord, amen. So I share that with you because sometimes, you know, we hear, we hear old stories, but we need to hear new stories. You know, when you, when you say the word of God, when you make the declaration, that word is producing the power. Amen. Amen. It's producing the power on our behalf. Amen. Amen. Concerning your body, when, you're, when you are speaking the word of healing over your body, that word is producing the power to bring about the fulfillment of what is already done in the word of God. What's already been promised to you and I. The joy of the Lord is our strength when we declare it and we decree it and we say it like Philippians 4, 4, where Paul said he was in prison. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. And so you have, uh, you have power in your mouth <laughs> to produce the will of God in your life, whatever it may be. I'm sure you probably don't own a tree servicing company and you may not go to Grenada and you may not be sensitive to heat. You may like the heat. But there's something in your life. There are, are things that the enemy sends in our life to be a, a distraction. And like a, it's, it's like those little gnats that come around in the summer if you leave your fruit too long. And they just come and you can't, you can't get rid of them. You, I hate those things. You kill one and then there's another. It's just a nuisance. And the enemy, he's a nuisance and he brings tests and trials and, and uh, situation, situations to try to push us off of our faith. And then we, when we decide, I'm going to walk in victory, he doesn't give up the ground easily. Right. Oh, I'm going to do the will of God. He doesn't roll out the red carpet. The Lord said to move in this direction. It's not going to be easy peasy. He's going to confront you. But you have the ability and you have the word of God in you to be able to hold you steady so that you're rooted in him. So that no matter what you're walking out in your life, the fruit, the fruit will show the eternal fruit that he's ordained for you and I. It will be seen in our life. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my walk with God where I've got frustrated because there wasn't fruit. Well, whose fault is that? Is that the Lord's fault? It's, it's cooperating with him and making a decision that every day I'm going to see my life through the lens of faith. And I'm going to align my mouth with that so that I can walk in victory, so that I can live in victory, so that I can have fruit that remains in my life. Because that's the will of God. Because thank God for our pastor's faith. And thank God for their prayers. And thank God for the gift and the things that they are to impart. But then we have to get up in the morning and say, okay, i got to pick up these tools and use them today. I've got to put this word in my mouth. Pastor uh, Rhonda is strong in faith and she makes a declaration of faith and you just know it's done like say that over my life but guess what you have the same authority in your life to declare and decree decree your victory amen your joy your healing your health your wealth amen your joy so that your joy can be full amen Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight and thank God that we're at a table that is spread with the fullness of his goodness. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We partake of your goodness. We partake of your grace. We partake of your victory. We partake of your healing. We partake of your life. We partake of your joy. Hallelujah. We partake of provision. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We thank you that is done, hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We rejoice. Hallelujah, we rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice. 
We rejoice, we rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice. And it's done. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. We rejoice that it's done. Hallelujah. We rejoice that it's done. Ha ha. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. This is abiding in Him. This is abiding in Him. Amen. This is abiding in His Word. This is abiding in His joy. This is abiding in His peace. This is abiding in His victory. <laughs> this is abiding in Him. It's when our eyes are focused on Him and our mouth and our hands are raised. Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just praise Him one last time. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 We glorify you. We magnify you. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have something, Pastor Rhonda? Uh, musicians, could you come? So some of you have been approaching your life and the situations your in your life from a, a, uh, a peripheral uh, view. But the Lord is calling us up tonight into the place that he's called us to, to where we dictate and we determine the outcome with the words of our mouth and the words of our faith. So no longer looking at circumstances as that they are in control, but we are the victorious ones and under our feet, Satan's plans have been spoiled. Amen? Every single one, every single one has been spoiled and it's under our feet. And so we praise him from a place of rejoicing and victory because we know we've already won. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you have a, a victory song? I've got two people. That's good. That sounds victorious. <laughs> just play something. It's good. We're just going to end on a high note. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to just shout about it. Praise God that it's done. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The victory's ours. The victory's won. Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 